0: Welcome to come along for the ride, where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world, and thus making the world a better place for horses. I'm your host Tracy Malone. I was born on Wiradjuri Country, and this podcast is brought to you from Turrawbal and Yagara Country. I'd like to recognise the First Australians' custodianship of this country for tens of thousands of years, and their connection to land, water, community, and our sacred animals. I am grateful to elders past, present and emerging. I have great pride to live on country where the oldest known human beings tended to this land. To the conscious horse people who came before me to lead the way, to those who stand beside me in our community now, and for those who will continue after we are long gone, I'd like to say thank you for being a part of the global change we are making to the welfare and training of horses. If you'd like to support the podcast and all the work that Lauren and I do, then you can. Just head on over to patreon.com slash come along for the ride podcast and sign up. From as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help me keep this podcast going. There are many tiers that you can choose from. And if everyone who listens gave only $5 a month, it would make a massive positive difference to me. There is a tier in there for small business subscription, just like the one Peter Papp took up from Peter and the Herd. This is the one where your business gets a mention each podcast episode. Peter works with equine behavior and trauma recovery, equine communication, and human and horse relationship building. Peter has had communication with my Mayor Gypsy, who is the mayor with me in the podcast picture, and he was spot on about everything in there, and he helped me a lot So I can highly recommend his work personally. Peter has also helped some of the listeners of this podcast, all of those who speak very highly of his work. You can contact Peter by looking him up on Facebook under Peter and the Herd, or you can go to the show notes and follow the links there. In this episode, I speak with Dagmar Klingenberg from Animal Communication. Dagmar does animal communication as well as energy healing and body work. This is an area that has always fascinated me, as you can well imagine. While I sense things from horses, and I'm sure we can all understand what our horses are saying to us a lot of the time, this really is the next level of communication. Have a listen to how much support you can give your horses and other animals if you learn this skill that Dagmar says anyone can learn. It's always been interesting um, to me to be able to ask questions around some things that are really energy work and unexplainable and I always really like to see what the interpretations are of these things Um, and I really enjoyed Dagmar's answers and how she was able to explain the unexplainable as best that she could but I especially really enjoyed the stories of the horses and animals that she's been able to help and the changes she's been able to make and they're so positive and fantastic. I love what she does. So I really enjoyed this chat with a talented communicator and a wonderful horsewoman. I hope you will too. Here is Dagmar. Dagmar, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Thank you very much, Tracy, for having me.
0: Ah, it's a pleasure. Can you first tell me a little bit about what it is that you do?
1: I'm an animal communicator. So um, I talk to animals um, to find out what's going on for them, how they feel, and just anything that they want to tell us. Um, And that just helps the owners to understand them on a deeper level and, um, you know, solve problems and issues they have with the animals.
0: Fantastic. Now we're going to have to go right back to the start for that one. And um, you do work a lot with horses, but is that where you began? How did all of this? Begin for you.
1: I would say it probably did begin with horses. Um, I've always been an animal lover from when I was young, and I always thought it would be awesome if you can actually speak to them because I think a lot of us have that intuition that we feel when something is not right with our animals or our horses. But to actually be able and ask questions and say why do you, why did you do this and um, how are you feeling, I always thought that would be just absolutely brilliant. So um, I did some courses overseas. And um, I was living in Australia and Switzerland at the time, just traveling, have six months here and six months there. And um, so when I did my training overseas and I came back to Australia, I was telling uh, my boss, who was a horse trainer at the time, what I'd been doing. And he said to me, if you believe in it, you're stupid. (laughs) And I said, okay, that's fair enough. You know, I mean, I understand that a lot of people probably don't understand what exactly it is and how it works. And so eventually we had this horse that should have performed well and she didn't. So he said to me, well, you know, go, to, go and talk to her and um, tell me what's wrong with her because there was no obvious signs. There was no lameness. She seemed happy and we just couldn't figure out why she didn't do well. So I connected with her and she told me that her offside hip was out. So we really felt like the hip joint was out of place and it needed adjusting. So I said to him, let's go to the chiropractor and get it fixed and there were also a few other little things that she mentioned and so we went to the chiropractor with her and we didn't say a thing obviously when we got there I had my list in my pocket with all my findings and we just got the chiropractor to go over her and the chiropractor checked her and my boss at the time then said to him so tell me what's wrong with the horse and he said well she's out in her offside hip And he also mentioned all the other things I had on my list. I pulled my list out of my pocket and they both couldn't believe what was going on. So we made it a bit of a game. Every time we'd go back to the chiropractor with horses, I would talk to them, have my list in my pocket, and I always had exactly the same findings as the chiropractor. And it got to that point where the chiropractor said, you know, you just um, talk to my animals, please as well, to my horses and tell me what's going on. And we had just absolutely amazing findings with them as well. And it just got to that point where he said, when we're coming with horses, you know, just tell me what's wrong with them. There's no point in me going over them because you're absolutely spot on every time. And so I was just doing it for a bit of fun and for my friends, but he was the one that said, you know, you really have to go and do that as a business because you can just help so many people with this because often there's misunderstandings. And if we can actually find out what is going on for them, we can just make life better for them and obviously for ourselves as well.
0: Wow. And how easy was it for you? What What was the moment that you went, I need to travel overseas and do a course in animal communication? How did that all unfold?
1: Well, it was actually a friend um, that was doing the course and she said, why don't you join me I'm doing this course? Luckily I was in Switzerland at the time because I don't think I would have had that possibility in Australia. And I, um, As I said, I mean, in the beginning, I probably kept it a bit quiet because um, at the time when all that happened, animal communication wasn't um, as well known as it is now. So there were probably quite a few people that thought it was a bit, you know, crazy and different what I was doing.
0: (coughs) Excuse me. And did you find the course easy? Was it easy for you to learn or was it something that really you had to work hard at?
1: Um, um, Well, I think it is more that you need to um, trust this because it's not just learning a language um, where you can see the results, you know, because you can speak to someone in, you can learn French, you can speak to someone in French and then they can tell you, you know, whether that's right or not, where, when you talk with animals, in the end you do have to trust your intuition. You have to trust what you're getting. And um, I do teach animal communication and I think I've really developed a great system, how I can um, teach people step-by-step how to, how to actually learn how to communicate with animals, because I've done several courses with different people when I started and I had people, you know, they just give you a photo of an animal and they say, oh, you know, just communicate, but how do you do it? How does it feel? And um, so I think it's really a way of learning it. And everyone can learn it. It's not something that only certain people can do or that it's a gift. It's, It's something that everyone has. But I think it's definitely there's a big thing um, how you get taught um, because if if you don't have great support, great help, then you're probably not going to continue doing it because you just don't have that confidence.
0: Yeah, it it would be a lot of confidence. That's right. So, and when when people are learning um, animal communication, how do they how do they check what it is that they're is there a way that they can check what it is that they're learning and getting at the start to build their confidence
1: as in you mean whether they actually um so they can actually see the results and they understand that they're getting the correct messages yes yes um well we're doing even um i mean animal communication is a telepathic communication and in my courses we even do Um, do exercises where we're sending each other messages. And you can just see in a group of 10 people that um, when we're working in pairs, that every pair is getting something different, but they're actually getting the right things. And you think, how is that even possible? You know, if we were all just making it up, then that wouldn't be possible. And it's really just in the courses to help the people um, to see the positive side of it because you, you might know we're quite um, critical about ourselves and quite negative and saying, oh, I can't do this and I'm not getting it. And it's, it's often also to help them to see that they're actually getting the right things that they just don't believe in themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And great, so you can actually practice on humans and build your confidence as well to then take it to animals. That's amazing.
1: Yes. Well, that's just something um, that I start off with because, I mean, as I said, like animal communication is a telepathic communication and, you know, everyone has got these experiences. Often people say they're coincidences, but things like, you know, you're thinking of someone and, you know, five minutes later, they call you even though you haven't spoken to them for two years, you know, that's because um, you're connecting with them and they get your telepathic message, if I can call it that. So, Um, you know a lot of people just go it's a coincidence but it's not actually not a coincidence it's a connection that we have and that we have with all beings.
0: Yeah absolutely and that can happen from anywhere in the world as well.
1: Absolutely yes and I've got clients all over the world you know in America and Europe and um, as I said my findings they are often confirmed by chiropractors physios with the horses you know dentists and I mean that's just That it is working, you know. If you can say, "Okay, the horse has got a pain in the near side shoulder," and then the chiropractor can go to that area and finds the problem, and the problem, the problem can be solved. Then we obviously see the results that we want, and we can see that we definitely had a connection with those animals.
0: Mm. And so you started by having the chiropractor say to you, "This is what needs to happen." How did you then? Um, grow from there what happened next
1: well as you can imagine I was feeling a bit nervous in the beginning to actually go and charge people for it because you think oh you know but I don't know if if, if I'm really right because as I said if you say to someone your horse is lame or there's a problem in that area and then they go and check it out in the end um, and and they can't find anything um, you, you're sort of feeling a bit silly but I mean it was great that to see him have that confidence in me and also to go to his clients and um, tell them about me. And if you go to my website, you can find a letter of reference from him as well um, about the work that I do, which was really generous of him to write for me. And obviously, you know, if a chiropractor does something like that, I mean, I think that's really a great, great um, support
0: yeah and he um he trusted enough to know that he didn't even have to do an initial exam he, you know he trusted it that much from from that uh word of mouth so what happened when you started charging people is it is it just lameness and things and pain that you're you're working with
1: what else do you do no anything really because um obviously the physical side and mental side is is a big issue you know um why do animals misbehave, why do horses you know, um, you know why did the horse not perform well at a dressage competition, that's all stuff that you can ask them and um, some oh, most of the time the answer is quite simple you know, um, um, quite, quite early actually in the early days I had a horse that was telling us that it didn't like the dressage arena because there was a prickly bush and it didn't like going past there And, you know, when the owners actually checked, they found a prickly bush. And once that problem was solved, there was no issues in the dressage arena anymore. So often it's really simple things. You know, it doesn't cost us a lot of money. It's really about understanding why an animal does that. And then we can fix the problem. Or it could be something as simple that the horse doesn't eat because it doesn't like the smell of the the feed bin. So if we can change the feed bin, problem solved. And we are really concerned. We think our horse is sick because they're not eating So um, it's actually once we find out what is going on, we can solve the problem. And I'll just tell you a quick quick funny story with my own horses. I've got two horses in a paddock together and they get separate feeds because the boss, he needs a little bit more food because he's older and my mare, she's on the bigger side, so she doesn't need as much. So I was feeding them and, as usual, he would go to his feed bin and eat his food and she would eat hers, but... But for some reason, he didn't want to stay there. He kept going over to her feed bin and starting to eat hers, which obviously I didn't want because that meant that she would go and eat his rich food. So I took him back to his feed bin and he would not have any of it. He walked back to her feed bin and it went on a couple of times. And I said to him, I said, what is your problem? And he said to me, it stinks. So I went over to his feed bin and I had a look around and the feed looked okay. I couldn't smell anything in the feed bin, but I noticed that there was a really big horse poo right next to the feed bin. And I thought, surely enough, that can't be the reason. So I shifted the feed bin, grabbed the horse, I brought him back to his feed bin. And you know what? He just kept eating. It wasn't a problem anymore.
0: Oh, and they say mares are fussy. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, it just shows you. It shows you it's working. It shows you the solution. is most of the time very simple and easy. And um, we just need to understand what's going on.
0: And what about for people who've had issues for a very long time and tried a whole bunch of things and they haven't been working? Do you have any stories like that?
1: Um absolutely that that is the same thing you know i mean if there's a, a big underlying issue and um, which which could be pain related or you know they don't like the saddle or we just have to approach the way we're working with them and um you know us putting a lot of pressure on the horses um i'm just thinking of a good story mm. Yeah, probably something comes to my mind. I can't think of a story at the moment, but, I mean, that's just a common thing. I also do find that um, when I communicate with horses that often afterwards, even though you don't really have to do anything, that people always notice there's a shift in the behaviour of their animals. And actually, yeah, that's probably a good story. Um, A client of mine from Western Australia who has now become a really good friend of mine, and um, she was quite a skeptic she's a lawyer and the doctor and you know she's more on the scientific side of things and she had a very very difficult horse and she's been working with this horse for a long time and it wasn't obviously easy to get through to this horse and she was a bit stuck how she could help this horse and we communicated with this horse she had her questions for the horse and she contacted me again after and she said you you know it wasn't so much what you said but she said after the reading there was just this massive shift and she said you know the relationship was just different and they just had a better understanding and a greater understanding for each other and so a lot of problems were just solved by just you just feel that you know each other
0: because it becomes a two-way conversation then
1: you yes know, the, absolutely
0: that need to feel heard is quite strong it must be strong in horses as well as humans
1: Absolutely. When you can, you know, tell someone how you're feeling, what's going on, and I find also, you know, if your horse tells you something, and it might be something as simple as um, I don't like my paddock, and if you can then go and put them in a different paddock and say, okay, um, you don't like your paddock, so how about we'll put you in here? They go like, wow, people are really listening, and then we can see a shift. You know, if if you're just ignorant and you go, well, you know, I don't care what you like and how you feel, but if they can actually see that you try to make things better for them. Then they are definitely on your side as well to work with you and and to have that better relationship with you.
0: It all it, it all seems very logical. It's, it really does, that it's just um like we, we talk about in training. If you're listening as well as talking, then it's a conversation. But if it's only one way, then it's it's really just another form of domination. You can be as gentle as you like, but if you're not listening to the view of the other
1: then it's still dominating. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, animal communication obviously helps you because you can really speak to them. And um, one of the things that I experienced with my own horse um, early in the beginning is that I had um, them in my horses in two different yards and there was a road going up in between them. And they'd been in those paddocks, in those yards for a little while, there wasn't any issues. And all of a sudden my gelding started to run around And he was just an absolute idiot. He wouldn't settle. He was calling out. He was getting hot and sweaty. And all people, all horsey people said to me, you need to educate him. He's been naughty. He wants to get to your mare. And I'm thinking it doesn't make sense because he was fine for two months. And all of a sudden this problem started. And I can understand from a behavior side of it, when you look at it, you go, okay, well, you know, he wants to go to the girlfriend's but it just didn't make sense. So when I connected with him, I said, you know, what is your problem? And he said, water. And I went and I checked his water out. His water seemed clear and clean and he had water. And I thought, well, I better take him for a ride and get him tired. So I took him for a ride and there were some puddles on the ground and he started drinking water out of the puddles. And I'm thinking, "Mm, well, this is really unusual. Horses don't really do that. So when I came back, I had another look at his water and um, they'd been spraying some weeds around the yards a couple of days earlier. And I actually found a dead plant under his water trough. So they got some poison in his water. And the only way he could tell me was by playing up. It didn't make sense because he got really hot and sweaty, which means he would have got even more thirsty than he already was because he couldn't drink. And, um, but in the end, the problem was so easy. So all I had to do was give him a fresh bucket of water and the problem was solved. But when you looked at it from a behavior side, you know, there was no way how he could have told me differently. And a lot of people probably wouldn't have understood, but by talking to him, he could just say to me that he needed water and, and I figured it all out, but you know, he could have easily died of colic.
0: Yeah, he most certainly could have. And if he had drunk the water. Yeah. Wow. That was a very lucky one. It's amazing how it is they try to tell you things and how off the mark we can be in so many ways
1: exactly and you know um I just animal behaviorists they can't just get in their head and get those answers and as I said, like everyone that saw my horse and saw him misbehave and it made sense to me as all as well that he was just being naughty and wanted to get to the mare, but you will only find out what's truly going on if you communicate
0: with them it's time for a very quick break because there's something really important that i'd like to tell you about another of our small business subscribers for this podcast is the heart horse box heart horse was created by friends Tista and charlotte who found a beautiful spot to place themselves in the horse business world They have created a safe online community environment outside the noisy world of social media, where you can dive in and speak openly with heart-minded, conscious horse people of all disciplines and breeds. This membership includes live seminars and classes from equine experts from all areas of the equestrian world. They also have the beautiful Heart Horse Box subscription. I do love this one, as it's centred around you. The conscious horse person, receiving nourishing gifts for you, as Heart Horse understand that you are already taking amazing care of your horse, and they want to make sure you are doing the same for yourself. I am thrilled to let you know that if you go to hearthorsebox.com and use the code EdenRiver, you will receive a 25% discount on your first month of the Heart Horse Community Membership That one is international. That's one for everyone in the world. You may also like to check out their Heart Horse podcast. It's another great free resource from the Heart Horse team. You may even find the episode where I was a guest on their podcast talking about my life with horses and how this podcast and the conscious horse movement came about. The links are also in the show notes. And you do... um I'm looking at your website and you do Reiki and energy healing and equine body work as well. How did that evolve
1: from just communication? Um, I've always done energy work and I also believe that is something that everyone can do as well um, because in the end... Um, it, it is something that you know. You don't have to have a gift for. you know. We all have the energy run through our bodies and we all can use that to help the animals. And I think you know, I'm probably lucky enough because I communicate with them that I have this flow of information open with them that I can put my hand on the horse. So when I work on a horse, every session is different. So it's not like I start on the head, work my way through and go to the legs and then that's how I work. I really just walk up to a horse and straight away, my hands will just go to an area where the horse needs working on. So every session is different and it's really what the horse needs. And also, you know, sometimes I'm doing Reiki on them. Sometimes it's more of a massage. It's really what they need, what they tell me that they need. And you can obviously then see a great change in them because they go, oh, wow, you know, um, the areas have been addressed and obviously they then feel a lot better from it as well.
0: And what is
1: energy work? Um, it's, as I said, if you, if you put your hands on an animal, it's an exchange of energy. It's a flow of energy and it's not just like you're giving energy and you're losing that energy. So it's actually that both parts um, benefit from it and you can put your hands on an animal and the energy will just go to the area where they need work. So even if, if you put your hands, let's say on the horse's neck, if they've got issues somewhere else the energy will actually go to that area where, where they need, um, need work at. Work at. So um, you can, as I said, like even if you've never done energy work before, you can even just try that yourself. There's nothing that you can do wrong as such. And it's definitely beneficial even just for the fact as well that you're just spending some quiet time with your horses.
0: Yeah, because to, to do that you would need to be quite present and in your body. And that you is a blessing for every horse. So my understanding it is that it's the, is it, would it be levels? So we have the, the physical 3D level, which is actually our bodies. And then we have an energetic level, which, um, which is just a higher vibration really is the best way I would find to describe it.
1: Is that how you see it? Um, Absolutely. I actually did an interesting course with a German vet as well. And um, he does something called um, acupuncture orientated energy work. And he used to do acupuncture and treat the horses with needles to then work out that he actually can just treat them with the intention of them. So he used to use needles and then he was like, oh, I can actually just sort of imagine how you treat them and just treat them with the intention and he gets the same results. So that was a really interesting course to do. And it's also something that I have included in my work now. So you can check different points and you can then work on these areas and then you check the points again and you can see that you have actually changed changed how they're feeling and um, you have improved their system, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, – because you change the 3D is at quite a low level and if you're not releasing the energy – and the energy is kind of where is, it's not just a high vibration in my understanding, it's also where the emotions sit as well. So it's a, it's a big, a lot of shift has to happen for to, able to, to be able to move something in the physical realm and also to hold the shift that you've been able to make. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, as you said, you know, if you work on an animal, um On an energetic way, you're also addressing emotional um issues as well as not just physical issues so um you know if an animal is not feeling well, you can also just um help them um to do energy work and then helping them on the, on the emotional side mm, so it's it's just different ways of
0: working because on the physical you're dealing with the the physical block that's happening where the pain is and you can shift that and then the emotional and energetic may happen afterwards if you're lucky and aware enough but if you're working from the energy space you can actually affect the physical from that space without having to go in and do um, deep tissue deep kind of pressure work you can actually do it from the energetic space and, and shift the block out and then the body just readjusts itself
1: Absolutely. And, you know, if you shift emotional issues, um, then that often also has an influence on their physical body.
0: And how many, have you come across many emotional issues in horses? What types of emotional issues do horses have?
1: Um, A big thing I found with horses is um, about the way they have been separated from their mums. I do find that a lot of horses that have um, anxiety issues and separation issues. And when you connect with them, they might even bring that up by themselves, that they had um, really traumatic experiences from how they were separated from their mum. And um, I had an interesting conversation with a horse not that long ago and um, this lady contacted me and she said that her horse always wets up really badly on the float. She said an absolute mess and shaking and shivering and sweating. And she just doesn't know why. And she said, you know, can you um, connect with my horse and tell me what's going on? Why is my horse so upset on the float? And when I connected with this girl, she told me that for her, when she was separated from her mom, she just got put in a box from away from mom. She couldn't see mom anymore. And it was really traumatic for her. And so when she's in a horse float, it just reminds her of that situation where she's back in that tight space she can't see, and it just reminds her of the separation from her mum. And we didn't really talk about whether she had to change anything or do anything, but she contacted me a few days later and she said, "I don't know what you've done." but she said she loaded the float to go somewhere and she said the horse stood there quietly and didn't sweat and nothing happened. and that's what I mean. You know, sometimes it's really just for the animals to talk to us, let us know what's going on, and without even having to do anything, you can see a shift in them and an improvement. So that's was really great to hear.
0: Boy, I hope everyone really can stop and have a moment to think about that because the, the simple gift of being heard is enough sometimes to make the shift. That is really powerful, I think.
1: Yeah, And I tell you a funny story, it wasn't actually a horse, it was a dog, but um, a client of mine, they adopted a greyhound, an ex-racing dog, and this dog was really spo- spoiled at, at her new place. I think her name was Rosie. And they said to me, they want to know why Rosie pees in the house. So we had a chat to Rosie to find out what's going on, and Rosie just told me, she said, because I can So she just felt that she was a bit of a princess and she just does what she wants. But, you know, the funny thing is after our conversation, same thing, we didn't really say, you know, I I mean, we could have brought that up and said, can you please not pee in the house? But we didn't really discuss this any further. And the lady contacted me later and she said, you know what, she's never peed in the house again. So, you know, we just obviously, um, she got the message even with us, without us even saying something and issue problem solved. Wow,
0: it it it's always amazing, and uh, and I remember when animal communication first came out, and it was, it was um disregarded a lot as being something a bit crazy. But I'm so glad it's becoming more and more mainstream because um oh the things you can solve.
1: Absolutely, and you know that's really my mission in life is to just give animals a voice and help them. And that's also why I'm teaching animal communication because the more people learn how to do it, the more animals we can help because if they talk to their own animals, if they talk to their friends' animals, we can just make this a better place for, for all the animals on this planet.
0: Absolutely. Is there, is there, is there something that everyday people um, need to know about their animals?
1: Um, well, there's a lot of things that you can even start with if if you feel that you don't hear your animals. And and one point is definitely that your animals always understand you. So it's also how you talk with your animals. You know, I have animals. <coughs> I had horses say to me, I don't have a big bum. And when you speak to the owners, they tell you that they always tell their horses they've they've got a big bum. So you know, people say it's it's the tone of voice, but that's not true. It's actually the way you talk to them and what you say to them. Because when you communicate with animals, your message gets translated to them in a way so they can understand it. So same when they send you messages. Um, it doesn't matter which country you're in, which language you speak. It gets translated into a message that you can understand. So when you talk to your animals, it's important to always, you know, use positive words. And, um, and also don't, um, you know, tell them what you want them to do rather than what you don't want them to do. It's a bit like going to the supermarket with a child. You know, if you say to the child, don't touch this, don't do this, don't do that, it doesn't make you happy. But if you can say to your children, you know, can you go and find the butter and can you go and, um, you know, get me the flour, they're really excited because they've got a job to do. And it's the same with animals. And um, I had a funny situation where I was lunging a horse and she kept coming in. She kept cutting the corners. And I kept saying, I said, don't come in, don't come in. And she just kept coming in. And that went on for a few minutes. And then I said, I said, no, that's, that's not right. And I started saying to her, can you please stay on the outside? And straight away, she went to the outside and she stood there, not stood there. She worked on the outside and didn't come back in once more.
0: Yeah. I learned that one actually when I was doing surfing lessons about oh god many years ago and um he actually told me that you our brains only pick up on the the big words and, and I'm sure there's better ways to describe this, but he was like if you're always saying don't look down, the the brain doesn't actually hear the don't, it only hears yes. the look down. And so if you change it to look at the shore, look at the shore, look at the shore, then you're actually changing the brain because the brain can actually take that information and um, deal with it really quickly and do it. So the brain will do whatever it is that you want it to do. It just doesn't pick up on the little words like don't and no, if you can if you can keep it in the positive all the time. For us humans as well, so maybe that's an animal thing too. If we can give them Absolutely. that same thing. Yes. Yes.
1: So um, and also, you know, giving them a job, giving them something to do, and um, talking to them nicely as well as I said before, you know, um, because a lot of people, if you've got this anger or you're stressed and you know, and you're yelling around, you're being stressed. The animals, they not just feel that, but they understand exactly what you're saying. And then you can't expect them to be nice and relaxed. So we also need to be calm when we're around our animals for them to be calm as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and um, I was just, this reminds me of something that that they do understand and they can actually be a great support to you when they need to be. Um, on Instagram, there was a woman who was riding and um, in the forest and a dog came out and started barking at her horse and she said luckily her horse is not afraid of barking dogs because they have one and so it wasn't a big deal. Um, and so they were kind of, and she was saying to the dog, no, and stop because she has the same breed of dog. So, um, and the dog was starting to calm down and then the owner came in and started yelling at her. So the owner of the dog came in, started yelling at her and saying, you shouldn't be here. You're doing the wrong thing. um, Even though she was, totally allowed to be there she was in the right spot and he was actually meant to have his dog in a lead and she said normally her horse is quite agitated and would you know move around he doesn't like standing still he loves being out and he loves moving well he planted himself and he stayed so Um, calm and didn't want to move and she was then able to find the strength of her voice which is something that she used to find difficult and she was able to say no I am in the right place you are doing the wrong thing and I do not like the way that you are speaking to me and then her horse was and her were able to move off calmly so I found that really interesting she didn't pick up that bit and she was like oh normally he's really calm and I'm like he gave you that because you've got that connection and relationship together he gave you that moment and said you don't take that you tell him please what it is that you need to tell him before we go
1: yeah and you know I find that really interesting um, how horses support us as you said before um you know even in our own life you know I often have horses that they say things to their owners um that is addressing their personal life you know giving them support And um, not as in advice, what you have to do, but just what you can do to just help yourself or to believe in yourself. And I just had an absolute amazing experience a few years ago where I was talking to to the horses of a whole family and there were two young girls. And when I was talking to one of the ponies, the pony said to me to tell her to hold her head up high and she's worth more than that. And when I talked to mom about what the ponies had said, I said to her, to me, it sounds a bit like she's getting bullied at school. And mom said, no way. She said, you know, I would know about that. There's nothing going on. And when she sat her girls down to tell them what the ponies had said, the older daughter just said, oh, my God. And the younger girls started crying because it was true. And she would go in the paddock every day and, you know, talk to her horse about how she was feeling about being bullied at school. And mom had no idea. And, you know, I really think this pony saved this girl's life because it helped mum to then, you know, look into it and, and help her daughter with the issues. And if the pony hadn't said that, we would have never found out. Wow.
0: Yeah. They, it, it really it really can be a two-way relationship in, um, in every way if we allow it to be. Biting bugs are a pain for you and your horse. If you'd like some natural and ethically made relief for your horse, made by me, then head on over to EdenRiverequestrian.com and grab some of the natural horse spray. There are two blends. The Kiowa blend may assist in keeping insects off your horse. The Gypsy blend was formulated to assist in repelling insects and also supporting the healing of Queensland itch and other wounds on your horse. If you head on over to EdenRiverequestrian.com and use the code COME along for the ride all one word, lowercase, then you will receive 15% off your order. Get your horse some relief now. So I kind of always had an, a, a belief, an idea, that some of the issues that my horse carried sometimes were my issues that they may have been carrying. And if I could clear an issue within myself, it would actually clear within the horse as well. Have you found that at all?
1: Absolutely. I mean, they are our mirrors. And I often have animals even say that to me, you know. Actually, just a couple of days ago, I can't remember what animal it was, but it it said I'm a mirror of her and she actually laughed because it was just so true. And you can just see similarities. And, you know, sometimes people just don't want to see it or they don't see it, but when you point it out to them, they go, oh, wow, yeah, that's actually true.
0: Yeah, I was listening to Marianne Williamson, today on a podcast and she was saying, you know, the, uh, when you, you know, in very loose terms do something wrong or, or don't handle something well, um, the universe says, well, nice try, I'm going to bring that to you again so you can have another go. And, um, and then, you know, they're those things that when we keep bashing our head up against the brick walls, it's when we learn to um, evolve through it and do it with grace and learn the lesson um, then it doesn't have to come to us anymore. But I see that with the animals as well, that they are a part of that. We'll we'll just bring that to you again and see how you deal with it this time. And let's have another try at that.
1: Yes. And I just talked to a horse yesterday who said to me or to her owner that um, you know, everything that's happening with me is to teach you something. So even if it's negative stuff, even if it's, you know, you have problems with your horse or anything like that, it is because they're teaching you something. So you just need to listen because sometimes we just don't listen. And we, as you said, we think we need to fix the horse, but, you know, sometimes we have to fix ourselves. or we have to fix what we do to actually get the results. And, you know, um, there's a lot of people around that think the horses, they just need to do what we want them to do. But if we actually take a step back and we listen, then we also have the results that we want. And um, funny story, I've got a, a mare that um, I used to do a bit of eventing and a bit of dressage with. And she's actually quite tricky to ride on the bit. She always wants to poke her nose up in the air and she just doesn't want to be on, on the bit nice and round. And I, said, I'm, and I said to her, what do I have to do to just get you in a nice frame? And she said, well, just let go of the reins. And I'm thinking, well, if I let go of the reins, she's just going to put her head up even more, you know, and I'm the boss, you know, she has to do what I want her to do. And I thought, oh, well, her idea, so let's go for it. And, you know, guess what happened? I just go, went forward with my hands, let go of the reins, and she just put her head down. So sometimes we just get into these arguments with animals, and if we actually listen to them and do what they need us to do, then we will also get the results. And that is just the best feeling ever, because you all of a sudden, you're on the same page, they are happy and you are happy, and you just got
0: a harmonious relationship with them. Yeah, I was just doing an interview with Robin Hood, who is Linda Tellington Jones's sister, um, just yesterday, and she was saying um, something similar. She said, When in doubt, loosen the reins first. You know, that's always step one, give a bit of rein. And it's the opposite to what we're told in so many ways that, you know, more contact, more contact, more contact. But if you actually let, let the horse go and give them a bit of head and they can, they can find what it is that they need and, and come into their body more and it stops an
1: argument. Yes, yeah. And, and it's just the old upbringing, you know, how it was we have to break the horses in and we have to make them listen to us, but if we actually turn it around and we listen to them, then they actually do for us what we ask them because sometimes they just can't because we're booking them or we're forcing them or we don't give them the time they need. And if we can change that, then they are more than happy to work with us too.
0: Yeah, and have you ever found that an animal needs a new human? It's a weird question, but I was just wondering, is there ever a point where um, it's like a, a dog or a horse or somebody says, you know, it's, it's, it's just not working, we need to separate?
1: Not really. I find more that obviously there's issues that come up that we need to resolve. You know, I was talking to a horse recently and um, the issues really this horse had, it was an X-Race horse and it's come from a really tough life as a racehorse you know just pushing pushing you need to do what I want you to do and you've got nothing to say to then being re-educated and it ended up being a bit in the same situation where people just go well you need to listen to me because I need to turn you into a rideable horse so you know you just have to follow your instructions and the horse just couldn't handle it and it was really about you know being soft at this horse and just giving this horse some space and giving it a bit of a say. And but obviously the people need to be open to listen to that. And and sometimes people don't want to be open to that. So it's probably more can we actually work with those people and and show them a better way.
0: Yeah. So the their relationship would only end if one of the parties is not willing to evolve. Exactly. Mm, Because that's what relationships are. I see it as, you know, if you if one person's doing all the evolving and changing and growing and the other's not, well, it, it has to end somehow. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, animals, they come to us, obviously, to teach us something. And so, yeah, I don't really find that they just go, oh, I just want a new owner. They talk to you about issues that they have and, and how we can address them. But, you know, they are fixable. It's not that, that it doesn't work. If we listen and we can just understand their point of view, then we can just address those issues and solve them. Mm. whether they're physical or mental.
0: And what is the breadth of animals that you've spoken to? So you've said horses and dogs. What
1: other animals do you communicate with? My clients are probably, I would say, 80% horses or even a bit more, and then mainly dogs, cats. But I even I had fish, chicken, um, reptiles, snakes, even a butterfly um, people wanted me to communicate with so you know you can talk to any kind of animal I think it's also very important to know that we can communicate with animals that have passed away and um, because often you know there is um, issues around their death you know they're skilled they from our side and have we done the right thing and you know should I have put the animal to sleep earlier or, or should I have waited? And if we can connect with them and find out how they feel about it, and I can tell you now that they know that we do the best we can with the knowledge we have at the time. So they don't go, Oh, you know, you did the wrong thing. You, you made the wrong decision. They understand our point of view as well and, and how we felt at the time. And if we can hear from them, how it is for them, how they feel that they are in a good place where they are now, people are just relieved to, hear that from them and it just takes the guilt from them because we don't want people to be you know angry or guilty or or upset about it you know because um, unfortunately animals don't live as long as we do but if we can just you know um, because we still can connect with them once they have passed away so of course we're missing their physical side of it but we can still connect with them and um, we certainly animals certainly don't want us to be upset about anything that has happened in the past
0: that's really interesting. They don't, they don't want us to be upset about things that have happened in the past. They're, they're much better at moving on sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
0: What did the butterfly have to say?
1: Um, the butterfly, there was an issue with one of the wings and she just wanted to know how she could help, help, um, help, to you know whether um, we needed to try to fix it. it. It's so I can't recall 100% what the what the conversation was. Um, but you know, as I said, if we connect with animals, they often they don't just tell you what's wrong with them. They can also tell you whether they need you know um, you know physio or. Or massage or what kind of treatment or how you can actually fix any issues they have so it it was mainly about the wing of the butterfly and you know how the butterfly was feeling whether there was any pain and that's obviously always a big thing when you need to make a decision whether you have to put an animal to sleep or not is you want to know in how much pain they are and again if we if you can just ask them they can tell you exactly how you feel to just give you a bit of a help in that respect as well
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, there's nothing negative that I can um, understand about um, actually learning animal communication. It all seems to be very positive.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, um, people say, oh, you know, the animal didn't want to talk. I have never had an animal that doesn't want to talk. Sometimes they might not want to go deep into it. But, you know, they are just so grateful that someone listens to them. So why would they not want to talk? It just gives them the opportunity to just, you know, give them a voice and, and have to say what is worrying and upsetting them. So why would they not want to talk to us?
0: Mm, all beautiful points. Wonderful. Is there anything else that we need to know about our animals that you can tell us now?
1: I I guess something that we spoke about before is just how we treat them and that we treat them in a way that we want to be treated as well to make life better for them and to just understand them so we can solve any issues they have. And if you're stuck, you know, um, get someone to talk to them because then you can just address those issues. And, you know, there's a lot of people, they spend thousands of dollars on, you know, vets and chiropractors and no one finds the problem. And um, yeah, just talking about that, I had a client with a horse and she didn't tell me at the time, but the horse was standing in the paddock on three legs. She had physios, chiropractors, everyone, and they could not find the problem. And when I connected with this horse, um, I didn't know that there was a lameness issue, but he said to me that there was a pain right up high on the offside back leg. And when I told her that, she said, oh, that's quite interesting. And I said, oh, why is that? And she said that the horse cannot stand on the near side leg, back leg. So I said to her, just, you know, let me have another chat with the horse. So I had another talk and it was again on the offside. And I said to her, just go and get a physio in and work on those muscles where the two legs are connected. Because she had physios out, chiropractors, she spent thousands of dollars, could not find the problem. And that's because everyone was looking at the wrong leg. Once she got a physio in and she worked on the other side, the problem was solved within two weeks. So um, it's again just being able to understand your animal and to find the issues because they can tell you exactly where the pain is. And sometimes lameness, you know, they might show you pain somewhere, but the problem is actually somewhere else. And um, there's another horse chiropractor in the area here, and um, I had a chat to him one day, and he said to me, you know, nine times out of ten, you're right. And I said, you know what? That one time, you just don't know about it because um, I was talking to a horse one day that told me that it was really sore in the near side shoulder. And the owner said, Oh, there's lame. There's no lameness there. There's no problems. And eventually I think a couple of weeks later for some other reason, she had to put this horse to sleep and they did an autopsy on it. And when they cut this horse open, she said that the left shoulder was full of cancer. And um, it was something that no one could have known. There was no obvious signs. So sometimes they tell you things and you might think, well, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, it, I can't see that. That is the issue. But even with abscesses, you know, sometimes they tell you about an abscess and it hasn't even come out. So you might not see any lameness in that area, but you know, two, three, four weeks later, all of a sudden there's lameness there and you go, Oh, you know, they were actually right. What they telling you. So you just need to trust it.
0: Yeah. Wow. All brilliant reasons to check you out um, on your website. What, and where can we find you?
1: So my website is animalcommunication.com.au. And I've also got a Facebook page. Obviously, you can also find a link to that on my website. Um, I've got a YouTube channel as well with a few videos what animal communication is and how it works. And I often have um, free, free little unique courses as well. So if you want to learn a bit more about animal communication, that's definitely a way as well to join me. So, yeah, come and check me out. That would be great.
0: Yeah, that will be wonderful. And it's worldwide. So that's a wonderful thing about animal communicators is it can be done from anywhere in the world. And, um, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to do. Well, thank you for your time today. But thank you for, you know, to that friend for saying all those years ago, come and do this course with me. And it set your life on this whole new direction because I'm, I'm you know, so grateful that you've been able to help so many animals and, and make the world a better place for horses especially.
1: It's, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, it was just great talking to you and, and just, uh, you know, bringing awareness to more people again about animal communication. As you said, you know, um, it's a lot more known these days than it was 10, 15 years ago when I started. So it's really great to see that people are opening up to this possibility and that they're really interested in knowing what is going on in their horses and animals in general.
0: Yeah, I think it's just another great thing to have a new toolkit you know as humans I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to look into and learn
1: absolutely and as I said anyone can do it so come and join me on one of the courses and then you can just connect with your animals yourself with your horses and have a chat to them any day and find out how they're feeling what they need and how you can make life better for them
0: beautiful thanks again for your time today
1: thank you very much Tracy for having me
0: I'm on a mission to create a community of conscious horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses by bringing consciousness to the horse world, please do one of the following. You can go over to our Patreon page at Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com, slash come along for the ride podcast and become a subscriber to the show. As Patreon members, you're helping this podcast become a weekly show once again. And remember, any funds that go over the cost of production will go into new and exciting projects that you, as a subscriber, will have a say in. You could also pop over to Eden River Equestrian and see our range of sustainable, ethical, and organic gear for both horses and humans. Remember, 50% of profits go back to helping horses all over the world live a better life. Or you could leave us a review and tell the world why you love this podcast. You can do that through whichever app it is that you're listening now. The best place to do it is through iTunes. They give juice that gives other bits juice, that boosts the podcast up and basically that gets it into more people's ears so that we can make a real difference in the world. You could also share this podcast with a friend, tell everyone you know about it and guide them to an episode that you think they'd really enjoy. All the links you need can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Come Along For The Ride.